Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast for those committed to always learning, always growing, always evolving into greater, more expansive versions of themselves. It's about living the life you want to live, a life most only dream about. Let's explore the possibilities together. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. Today, we're going to talk about living in the flow and how to effortlessly manifest what you want. So in order to illustrate what I mean by living in the flow, I'm going to tell you a story. And then I'm going to share three steps to staying in the flow and manifesting what you want. Recently, my partner and I and our two teenage boys decided we were going to go to Washington State and spend a week camping and exploring. We had never been to that part of the country before, and we were really looking forward to checking it out. We have friends that live over there, and they basically helped put an itinerary together for us. The first half of the week, we were going to hike into the mountains and do some camping there. And the second half of the week, we were going to head to the Olympic Peninsula and camp on the beach. That sounded like a perfectly balanced vacation. But as we got closer to the trip, our friends were telling us that there was some pretty cold weather up in the mountains at night. In fact, the nights that we were going to be there camping, it was expected to get down into the 30s. And so literally the night before we left, our friend pretty much just called it and said, I am not recommending that we do this. I don't think it's going to be pleasant for anybody. And we were already packed and ready to go. We had a flight the next day. And so we just said, okay, we're going to fly over anyway and we'll figure it out. So the first part of the story that I want to tell you about is Our flight was on Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. And on Wednesdays at noon, I've been coaching a small group of people. I knew that if we had to be at the airport and checked in two hours before our flight, then I was going to probably have to cancel or reschedule that coaching call. But I really didn't want to do that because I knew we would get to the airport, we would check in, and then we would just be sitting, waiting to board the plane. I remember thinking, If only I could get access to one of those club rooms, I'm sure there's a spot there where I could go into the corner and quietly conduct my coaching call. So I was thinking, I wonder what it would cost if I were to purchase one of those passes just so I could keep this call as scheduled. And I kind of made a mental note that I would look into it, but I really never had a chance to do so because... That same afternoon, I went on Facebook and a friend of mine had posted that he had two tickets to the United Club Room and they were going to expire at the end of the month and he wasn't going to be able to use them and he wanted to know if anybody could take advantage of them. I quickly messaged him and I said, I'm interested. What do you want for them? And he said, they're yours. Just give me your address and I'll send them to you. But he said, it's only good for United. You have to be flying United Airlines. And I said, actually, we are, which is ironic because I haven't flown on United in years. It just happened to be that that particular flight was with United. So we get to the airport. We went a little bit early so we could be checked in and I could be on the call starting at noon. And sure enough, we got to the club room. 
I found a quiet corner in the back and I was able to conduct that call without any problems at all. And then when it was done, we were in this very comfortable place. There was food, there was a full bar. We didn't take advantage of it, but there were bathrooms and there was a coffee machine and there were couches and it was a super comfortable way to wait for a flight. But anyway, it was just a really nice, quick response from the universe when I had the idea and I had the thought that this was what I needed. And then I let it go. And sure enough, it appeared, it arrived. And all I had to do at that point was accept it and receive it. So fast forward, now we arrive in Seattle at night. We had one hotel room just for the first night of our arrival. And we settled in, fell asleep and woke up the next morning. And we didn't have a plan because the first half of our trip had been sort of canceled. So we had a couple of wide open days. Now for a long time, going to the San Juan Islands has been on my bucket list. The San Juan Islands are a cluster of islands off the coast of Washington. And I got turned on to them years ago. And I always told myself one of these days I would get there. But I didn't think I was going to be able to do it on this trip because everything was already scheduled. Our friends had put together an itinerary and we just didn't have enough time to squeeze a trip to the San Juan Islands in. But when we woke up the next morning and I realized that we were free to do whatever we wanted to do for a couple of days, I suggested we make a trip over to the islands. My partner had never even heard of them before, but luckily he was receptive and open to going. So I got online, I did the research, booked ferry tickets for the four of us and our vehicle that we had rented, and we hopped on the ferry and headed over. It was a beautiful ferry ride. But about halfway into the trip, I realized I had no idea if we were going to be able to find a camp spot because I didn't call in advance. I didn't even attempt to reserve a spot for us. So I remember saying to Brian and the kids, let's see them telling us that they somehow have a primo camp spot available for us, that normally it would not be available, but by some strange stroke of luck, it's available and we get it. And then we just kind of forgot about it and assumed no matter what happened, it would be fine. We'd figure it out. But anyway, we finally get there. We pull up and the sign at the campground says full. And there was just a split second of, ah, gosh, that's too bad that it didn't work kind of thing. But we went in anyway. And I asked the woman, I said, I see the sign says full, but I guess I just wanted to check and make sure that there really were no spots. And she said, actually, I do have a spot. It's a great spot right by the water. So we took it and it was awesome. We settled in, set up our tents, and it was right around sunset. So very close to where our campsite was, was this big open field right on the water so that you could look out and you could see the water and you could see Vancouver across the way and you could see the sunset and the sunset was amazing over there. So the timing was perfect. We walked over, we were enjoying the sunset. We started chatting with one or two other people staying at the campground and everybody we talked to said, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you just pulled up and got a campsite. One couple said that they hadn't been back to that location in five years because they were never able to get a campsite. And another woman told us that she had booked her site 90 days ago 
because she wanted to make sure she was able to get it. So we were continuously being told over and over again, wow, you were really lucky. I can't believe you drove up and you were able to get that campsite. And I remember saying to Brian and the kids, see, this is how you manifest. You put the intention out there. You open yourself up to the possibilities and then you just allow it to unfold. You allow yourself to receive. So we're sitting there, we're enjoying the sunset. We've only been there maybe five minutes and suddenly somebody spots orca whales. We have this spectacular view, a showing that was just for all of us there on that campground of these orcas playing and frolicking and breaching. And it was amazing. We were thrilled because we had never seen orca whales before. We had never seen any whales before. So it was a very thrilling and memorable experience. Needless to say, we all went to sleep that night pretty darn happy and satisfied. So we wake up the next morning and the couple in the campsite next to us, they were an older couple with their 14-year-old grandson, and she offered to make us breakfast. They had a spectacular setup with a camp stove and everything. And she said, I'm about to make blueberry French toast. Would you like to have some? And I said, oh, that's really thoughtful of you, but we're a family of four. I We couldn't impose on you like that. And she said, oh, no, I've got plenty. I always bring more than enough. So I said, well, I I don't see how I can possibly refuse. So sure enough, she made this spectacular spread of blueberry French toast, organic raspberries with whipped cream and orange juice. And it was fabulous. I mean, you just don't eat like that typically when you're camping. It was great. And So we're still kind of riding this high of everything was just kind of working out. Everything was flowing. Everything was easy. And we decided we wanted to go kayaking with the whales. And so I called the woman to schedule it for that afternoon. And she said, well, first of all, I wasn't even sure if they were going to be able to get us in. And she said, yes, we do have a spot for you. But I need to tell you, there's no guarantee that you're going to see the whales. They are very unpredictable. We have no idea where they're going to be or when they're going to be there. And there were two or three weeks when we didn't see them at all. And then they kind of reappeared just a couple of days ago. So the chances are a little bit higher that you might see them, but there's no guarantee. But we thought, hey, we love kayaking anyway. Worst case scenario, we're kayaking off the coast of the San Juan Islands. It's a win-win no matter what happens. We get on our kayaks, we head out, and we are not out on the water for 15 minutes and we see them. First we see one and then we see another and then we see another. And so probably for about 20 minutes or more, we are seeing orca whales. And again, they're playing and frolicking and they're breaching and it was spectacular. It was spectacular to see them from land. It was even more thrilling to see them from the water when we were in the kayaks and they're maybe a hundred yards away from us and we could hear them. And it was just amazing. So we finish our kayaking trip and we're just buzzing. It's been an amazing trip and we've only been in Washington for two days now. So after two nights, it's time for us to head out from the islands and take the ferry back to the mainland. And then we're going to head over to the Olympic Peninsula to meet up with our friends. So we have one night to fill before we're going to meet up with our friends. We don't have a plan and we're driving and we discover that there's a campground that's right along the way. It's right on our route. So 
we pull in there. And again, the sign says full. So we go up to the front office, the front desk, and we say, we just want to check in. We see that the sign says full, but we wanted to see if you had a campsite. And she says, actually, we do. We have one campsite available. If you want to go check it out, I'll give you the first right of refusal. We drive over there and it's a nice enough campsite, but it's kind of close to the road. So we knew we would hear a little bit of road traffic. We were like, "Eh, it's not ideal. We can do better. So we said thanks anyway. And we got in our car and took off, continued on our way. And we hit this really heavy traffic. Like we're just kind of sitting in traffic for a really long time. And I'm taking advantage of that opportunity to call hotels and call around and see like where we might stay for the night. And everything is booked because it just so happens that we are there the weekend of their big lavender festival. Every single hotel for miles was booked. I mean, we couldn't even drive for an hour or two to get a hotel. Everything was booked. And we're sitting in traffic and finally like an hour, hour and a half has passed and we're realizing that if we don't find something soon, we're gonna be sleeping in the car. So we decide to turn around and head back, go through all of that traffic again to see if we could claim that camp spot. We finally get there and somebody's setting up their tent. Somebody had just taken it. Now we're like, what are we going to do? There are no hotels available. There are no campsites available. What are our options at this point? So we're driving and it's getting to be 9.30, 9.45. And I'm really starting to think we're going to be sleeping in our car somewhere. And I'm kind of embracing the idea. I could feel myself having this inner conflict, which was the temptation to get really like frustrated and irritated and like unhappy by that turn of events. But I remembered something that I had said to the kids earlier when we were on the ferry and we were talking about manifesting a campsite. And I said, no matter what happens, let's just stay open and in the flow. No matter what happens, it's all just part of the adventure. Let that be our mantra. No matter what happens, it's all just part of the adventure. And I remembered that. I remembered saying that to the kids. So that helped me shift my thinking. I thought, you know what? It is just part of the adventure because worst case scenario, we sleep in our car. No big deal. It's a comfortable car. The weather's not extreme. It's not like it's ridiculously hot or ridiculously cold where we were. And there certainly could be worse scenarios to be dealing with. So I kind of just embraced it as if eh, if that's what happens, that's what happens. Shortly after that little conversation that I had with myself, we stumble upon an RV resort and we pull in and Brian goes in to talk to the guy who happens to be a fellow surfer and says, listen, I know you're an RV resort, but we've been everywhere. Everything is booked. We just need a place for the night. We have two small tents. Do you think you have a piece of grass, a spot where you could put us? And the guy said, oh yeah, no problem. There's a spot right over here. And he charged us 10 bucks and We had access to a kitchen and bathrooms with warm showers, hot showers. So it worked out great. So we got a good night's sleep and the next day we headed on our way and we kind of joked about it because I said to Brian and the kids, I was like, okay, do you see what happened? Like everything was flowing. And then all of a sudden it was like we slammed on the brakes. And if we had taken that campsite when it was offered to us, we would never have been stuck in traffic. We wouldn't have spent those two and a half hours driving around in circles trying to figure out where we were going to be and everything would have been fine. So I said, who contracted? Who, who did it? 
And we kind of joked about it and everyone was like, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. But in reality, it was all of us because we all kind of looked at that campsite and thought, eh, we can do better. So rather than being grateful for what was being offered and provided to us, we decided to go for more. We had no way of knowing that there was a lavender festival happening that weekend. But the universe was trying to provide for us, and we took ourselves out of that flow. And so we had a conversation about that. Like, this is how you manifest. I kept saying every time things would work, I would say, see, this is how you manifest. You stay in the possibilities. You keep yourself rooted in the possibilities and stay open and expansive and receptive to what life is showing you. And then we had a very strong lesson on what it means to pull ourselves out of the flow. So we learned a lot. We learned just as much when we pulled ourselves out of the flow because it was so incredibly obvious to all of us what had happened. So we shifted our thinking. We all agreed, let's get back in the flow. Let's be light and open and receptive to what's happening and embrace the adventure. And as soon as we did, the rest of the trip flowed and it was magical. It was as magical as the first part of the trip was. In fact, by the time the trip was over, we were all buzzing. And not just because of how beautiful it was there. It is spectacularly beautiful in the Pacific Northwest. I am definitely not done exploring that part of the country. But we were just as much invigorated by and thrilled by what we were learning. And and this is something that I've been aware of. And I have been in the flow and I've been out of the flow and I sometimes forget. And it was a great reminder for me. And I think it was a huge lesson for the boys and for Brian. Like, without a doubt, we all got it. By the end of that trip, we all got this is how you manifest. This is how you block your ability to manifest. So that's my story about what it means to live in the flow. Now I want to talk about the three steps to staying in the flow and manifesting what you want. Number one, see the possibilities. Stay rooted in possibility. In your mind, imagine what's possible. Visualize the perfect scenario and then let it go. Don't be too specific. Don't try to control it. Stay rooted in possibilities. Because if you can see it as a potential in your mind, then it is absolutely possible. It exists in the realm of possibility. Stay rooted in what's possible and then let go. Let go of the need to control it. And that's number two. Number two is recognizing the difference between expanding and contracting. Expanding, the way I see that is expanding means we expand and we open to what is coming our way. We're open, we're receptive, we're like a magnet attracting what we want. That's why it's so important to pay attention to your thoughts. Our thoughts are incredibly attractive. So focus on what you want. Imagine what's possible. Visualize the potential and stay expansive. Stay open. Stay in the flow. Let life energy flow through you because you're expansive and open versus contracting. Contracting is when we we close up, we shut down, we try to control or change or manipulate things. 
That's what we did when we refused that campsite. We contracted. We pulled ourselves out of the flow. We were no longer receptive to what was being provided to us. We got greedy, essentially. So that's the difference between expanding and contracting. And when we're contracting, that's usually the ego. The ego thinks it's got it all figured out. It wants to control things. It wants to manage things. And the minute we do that, we pull ourselves out of the flow. That's true whether we're talking about vacation, a business, our finances, our relationships, whatever it is. As soon as we pull ourselves out of the flow and we contract and we try to control everything, we cut ourselves off from the flow of life, from that energy that wants to flow freely through us because we are creative beings. And when our channel is open, we are creating with effortless ease. It's about having an open channel. It's about being in the flow. It's about staying expansive and receptive to life. I've seen this in my business. When I am not trusting life and my ego is getting involved and I'm really trying to make something happen and I'm trying to force and push something, there's always an element of struggle involved. And at some point, I figure out what's happening and I realize, wait a minute, this is not flowing. There's a reason for this. And I let go. And then I put myself back in the flow and I, and I ask myself, where is the energy flowing? Where is the energy taking me? Where are things happening easily and effortlessly and smoothly? And when I put myself back on that track, everything works out. And it usually works out better than anything I could have imagined. Because life kind of takes what you are imagining, it takes your potential and your possibility, and it expands on it. So it's kind of like if you're pushing on a door and you're really trying to force it open, and there's all this resistance, then at some point you have to realize it's not your door. You're not supposed to go that way. On the other hand, if the door easily swings open and you feel this invitation to come in, that's the path of least resistance. That's what I'm always looking for. What is the path of least resistance here? Where is the energy flowing organically? So number one is see the possibilities, see the potential. Number two, stay expansive, stay in the flow. Notice the difference between expanding and contracting. And number three, stay in gratitude. Gratitude is a powerful magnet. It welcomes and allows and invites more energy, flow, abundance, love, whatever it is, it attracts more of that. So this is where we want to be careful not to get greedy. Like we did, we kind of got greedy by refusing that campsite because it wasn't good enough for us, right? Not knowing that we were being given a gift. And if we had stayed in gratitude, we would have taken that campsite, we would have settled in, had nice hot showers, we wouldn't have sat in traffic for two and a half hours, and it would have been a much more comfortable night for all of us. But it was a lesson learned. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the lesson because we all got it loud and clear. In fact, I think it was such a powerful experience for Brian as well as myself. I had already been kind of working on a vision board. And after we got back, I suggested that maybe we work on one together. And he was all about it. 
So together we worked on a vision board and we had a lot of fun doing it because we know that if we see it and we're receptive to it and we stay relaxed and open, there's a very good chance this is going to play out for us. So this is about living in the flow and manifesting what you want. I hope this has been helpful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, happy manifesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by giving me a five-star rating. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, keep evolving.